Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hi. So we just got the mic to work. Yeah, uh-huh. we had a minor technical difficulty and yeah. <laughs> hence the uh, squealing at the beginning. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, welcome back to this week's episode. Well, not this week. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> welcome back to our podcast. This is a lot. This is a lot. Um, this week's episode is called "Girl, Check Your Privilege." No, it's "Girl, Your Privilege Is Showing." <laughs> Are we keeping all of this? Are we just doing a straight record? Let's do it. Let's okay. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Let's so do it. I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, this week's this week's episode is called "Girl, Your Privilege Is Showing," mm-hmm. and um. As the title suggests, we're going to be talking about privilege and what it means to have some of that in the society. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to start off by thanking everyone for your support. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the positive feedback and support we've gotten um, since releasing the first episode has been so overwhelming and we're yeah. so happy. Like we did not expect people to be like into it. Kind yeah, of. at all. Like yeah. we are so appreciative of all of our friends and family who have listened to this and support it and appreciate what we're doing, you know, because, like, going into this, we really just wanted to share our story and just just talk in a very, like, raw, unabashed way. Unabashed? Abashed. Uh, um, I, th- yeah, I think that's a word. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's unabashed. Unabashed? Is it? Just... Oh, I think it's only unabashed if it's, like, unabashed, unabashedly. You know, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's unabashed. Yeah, (laughs) in a very honest way, Um, and you guys were just really receptive of that and appreciative of that. And you guys like saw what we were doing, you Mm -hmm. know? Like we really, we really liked it. We really liked the support we got. So thank you. Um, And we just wanted to like put it out there really quick that like our goal with all of this really isn't to like become spokespersons or anything like that for people of color or women of color or anything like for me personally it's really just like I feel like we live in a society that prides ourselves on being fake Mm. and fakeness is something that is desired and I just don't want to adhere to that norm anymore you know like I want to be honest and truthful with my experiences and Mm -hmm. you know like see what happens with that yeah. Yeah, and like honestly, same. Like I was having a conversation with someone the other day about how like no one's really honest with each other anymore, you mm-hmm. know, and it sucks and mm-hmm. it's really damaging. Yeah. And, um. So yeah, I think that's like a huge goal for the both of us, just mm-hmm. to be more honest about our experiences because they're things that are important and they're things that should be talked about. So honesty is a big thing here. So thank you for appreciating our honesty. Yeah. I'm gonna try to deliver. Again. Um, that again today. What, what? Um, Which I guess we started off with pretty well, given that we, like, <laughs> we're going to keep the screaming in. So that's honesty <laughs> for you guys. Yes. Um, yeah, so you want to Yeah, start? so this week we are talking about privilege, as we mentioned, and we thought that it was very appropriate <clears throat> to start off our privilege talk by giving a land acknowledgement. So here we go. Um, we want to acknowledge that the fact that my apartment is built on unceded land. We are currently on the traditional territory of the Ganikahaga, also known as the Mohawk people. The Ganikahaga are one of the five founding nations of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy and were referred to as the keepers of the Eastern Door. 
This island that we call Montreal is known and has historically served as a meeting place for other indigenous nations. We recognize and respect the Gunigahaga as the traditional keepers of the land and waters on which we meet today. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like we, um, we mentioned this apartment because like we're currently like recording in Shakira's apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, as she mentioned, it is built on unceded land, so we just wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah, because um, we think it's just, we think it's really, you, we can't really talk about privilege without acknowledging the fact that a lot of our privilege comes from <clears throat> and comes at the expense of Indigenous peoples mm -hmm. and, like, the struggles that they have been through. Um, personally, neither of us really feel comfortable talking about their struggles, mm -hmm. just because neither of us identify as Indigenous people. It's, like, not our place to talk about it. Yeah, but if anybody is interested, like, uh, we can, I can definitely recommend, um, a variety of different readings by Indigenous authors that kind of talk a little bit more about their history. Um, and I would highly recommend reading, um, a book, Decolonizing Methodologies, I forget who the author is. Is that by Alison Jagger? Mm -hmm. I, don't I don't remember. I think I read that. Um, um, let me look it up. But yeah, I would re definitely recommend that book. I read it um, last year. Um, What's it called again? Decolonizing Methodology. Method <laughs> okay, yeah. Cool. Um, and that is, I thought, found that very informative. <laughs> um, and so that is a source that you guys can... Oh, it's by Linda... It's by Linda... Uh, T.E.Y. Smith, I think I butchered that name, but I, I think I read that, like, like last semester. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Cool so would recommend. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, so we really thought it was important to do this talk about privilege <clears throat> because, like, as women of color, like, there are many ways in which we don't have privilege. But we think it's definitely very important to recognize the ways in which we do have privilege, you know, because I think, ooh, <laughs> Shakira just like kicked her wall. I did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we think it's important that like we are also not complicit, yeah, you know, in perpetuating harmful, harmful structures. Yeah. Yes. Just like reifying the oppressive structures that happen because of the imbalance because of the imbalance mm -hmm. of privilege in the world mm -hmm. and um yeah I just think you know since we're like women of color it's super easy to just talk about how we don't have privilege mm -hmm. you know like race being um something that something that highly contributes to that mm -hmm. but like and because of a lot of what we study is about race privilege um and how like people of color don't have or like are not at the same level like it's so easy to just be like yeah like I'm like a woman of color and I don't have any privilege like so, woe is me you know yeah yeah but like we do mm -hmm. I personally think that privilege is in flux I feel like mm -hmm. everyone has it to some degree mm -hmm. um and it's important to recognize the ways in which we do when we don't have it mm -hmm. um so yeah so yeah and like I definitely had a very privileged childhood mm -hmm. like I feel like a lot most of our podcasts last whenever we released it was mm -hmm. like about our childhood but you know and like although there was a lot of struggles that I went through as a kid like I did have a lot of privilege and like I came from a very like privileged family you know like I went to school like I went to really good schools I had so many opportunities like mm -hmm. through like the different music groups that I was in through the like very very brief modeling career that I had mm. like through my pageants like and those 
are like very heck the fact that I'm even a university student like Mm -hmm. at McGill which is such a prestigious (laughs) (laughs) more to come on McGill and (laughs) university as a whole next podcast maybe but yeah the fact that I even have this opportunity to be at this university you know Mm -hmm. the fact that I have an apartment that there is food in my fridge that you know like I have a phone I have wi-fi I have tv I live in a first world country like there is so much privilege that comes with that you know Mm -hmm. and I just feel like it's very important that we as a society and we as like a nation especially like living in Canada like are upfront and honest about the privileges that we all experience day to day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no I agree with you I think it's um I think of myself as very privileged as well, you know, just, like, being here, mm-hmm. like, going to university, going to one of the best universities in Canada, living on my own, having my own apartment. These are things that don't come naturally. They come because I was born with a specific set of privileges, mm-hmm. and it's so easy to complain about things and to sort of, because, I don't know, when you live this kind of... L- when you live this kind of lifestyle, when everything is sort of handed to you, I guess. I mean, I'm not saying I haven't worked for things, but I have been handed a lot of things on a silver platter. I yeah. have. Yeah. Um, when you get used to that, it's so easy to forget that none of these things are natural. Mm-hmm. And it because of that, it's so easy to complain about what you don't have. Yeah. So, for example, um, this is a really... I think this is an example that everyone can relate to, but it's it's kind of dumb, but whatever. Honesty. Mm. Um, like last year, like so Shakira and I lived in residence last year, mm. and um, part of living in residence means that you have to um, you have to be on the meal plan. Oh yeah. So yeah, so like we would have like food in like the dining halls, and like it was so common for people to just complain about how shitty True. the food was like, although side note this. rvc's food was kind of like you know at but like it was questionable it was questionable but like at least we had food you know yeah and it wasn't like terrible food like it sustained us yes none of us had food poisoning like it was still except food. for that potential that possible stint remember in upper res where that oh, was that e. coli that e. coli <laughs> breakout not really a breakout we're not really sure where it came from but like yeah yeah but yeah, but like no. it's still food. Like it's still it food is. that kept us going and mm-hmm. it fueled us. But like, literally everyone, myself included, would complain all the time. Oh yeah, me too. Without realizing that, yo, like, just a few hours away, like people can't even. No, just like a few streets down, like people can't fucking eat. You know? Yeah, like literally, you'll see the people sitting outside of Provigo, like the yeah. homeless. Like Montreal is a very big homeless community, you know, and it's like. Yeah. Here we are complaining about the fact that, like, our noodles are overcooked and there's a dude sitting outside of the grocery store, like, who can't even feed himself. I mean, I have a very, like, tumultuous relationship with the, like, our our local homeless people, if that makes sense. Just because, like, last year, like, they called me the N-word, which was, like, ouch (laughs) more than ouch it's fucking yeah but it's also like I don't know where I was going with that um (laughs) I don't know it just popped into my head but like 
it's very it's all it's also very like what's the word I'm looking for um it, like seeing them every day mm-hmm. on your way home from school it's very on the one hand you get you almost get desensitized to it yeah because it's like you know like they're there every day and it's kind of like you kind of just block it out that's what you're taught to do you're taught to just like look down or look straight like not make eye contact yeah you know yeah but then what does that do yeah. you know like fucking de- sorry I keep swearing but it desensitizes you yeah but then also on the other hand like it also like I can't I'm brain <clears throat> farting but it makes you realize like what you you have you know it's very uh, yeah I can't remember the word um I get what you're saying yeah. though you know it's sort of like it reminds you of how much you have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's the word? Is there a word for that? Like, it makes you more self-aware, I guess? I don't know. I don't know if that's the word, but... But I get what you're saying. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I you. Thank you. But yeah, I don't know. Just coming from the Philippines, too, I I bring this up all the time. But um, just being in the Philippines, obviously, we have... the The country has so much poverty. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many just, like, homeless people, unemployed people, and... Whenever I travel back to the Philippines, it's crazy because, um, okay, so my family is from Manila, mm-hmm. and um, whenever we drive around um, and there's no traffic, um, within a span of 20 minutes, you'll go from seeing just like slums Mm-hmm. and streets of just homeless people to, like, tall buildings and foreigners and banks and, like, establishments and all the rich folks. And it's just so fucked. Yeah. You know? Um, and it just makes me feel really ashamed of complaining mm-hmm. and being like, all oh, these noodles are overcooked or, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, one of my biggest pet peeves is, you know, like, people seeing underprivileged people and then making the struggle about them like oh my god like I feel so happy to have the life I have because like look at all these poor people because like it shouldn't be about you it's Mm -hmm. obviously like you know but yeah that's a real thing you know like and it's also like it's so frustrating to because it's like what do you do you know? know and it's like I have been grappling with this a lot like I hate capitalism Mm, I think it is absolutely detrimental and I think it's bullshit and I don't think it should exist Mm -hmm. and I don't know some people might come at me for that but you know what come at me honestly (laughs) um but I just think it is so problematic and I feel like a lot of our issues that exist like especially regards to like the overwhelming like um disparity between the wealthy and the poor Ah, is as a result of capitalism you know Mm -hmm. and it's like I feel so frustrated because I feel like I'm this unwilling participant within the society like it's like I either conform to capitalism Mm -hmm. and survive or I don't and I don't get anywhere you know like Mm -hmm. how do you not how do you not be a willing participant of capitalism like even like you know like buying clothes buying food Mm. like 
it is all a part of like and I just find it it's so problematic when living in a society where our worth as a person is determined by our productivity Mm. is determined by like how much money we have and it's just oh it bothers me so much and it's like what can I do to to stop this like yes support your support your like local businesses Mm -hmm. you know support the like the businesses of like um people of color like yes your own businesses your own businesses it's like yes of course doing stuff like that but like what about the big system how do I topple that that like how do I destroy that system you know like I'm only one person how do I do it I don't want I don't want it anymore Mm -hmm. but it's like and I just feel so like almost hopeless Mm -hmm. because it's like I have all of this privilege but then I also like there's also other ways that I lack Mm. and there's like I just sometimes it feels like there's nothing I can do about it like I kind of just have to accept it you know yeah and it's like we mentioned in like our previous episode I'm a I'm doing a major in GSFS like gender studies and Shakira is doing one in international development so we learn so much about oppressive structures and how basically how fucked the world is and how we should be striving for transformation and not assimilation and you know like I just feel like people are becoming more and more self-aware but at the same time like how far does self-awareness go in terms Mm. of changing things because Mm -hmm. like we know all we don't know everything, but we know a lot about how the system is fucked. We know this, mm-hmm. and we study it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we've we've been given very little tools, infer- like tools to actually actively change things on a on a transformative like level. Mm-hmm. And that sort of okay, that has me thinking about like the privilege of academia mm. and how like. I don't know, we sit in these clean little rooms and we talk about... Miguel is not clean. Don't even, <laughs> don't even go there. I mean, lead very liberally. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but we sit in these rooms. Um, and uh, we're surrounded... fancy projectors. Yeah, and just, like, honestly, with, with a bunch of other white people. Like, at least for me, like, I love GSFS, I love my program, but, like, to be honest, it's there are a lot of white people in it. So oh, we, 100% agree, and, like, my ID... And some of my... IDS classes, it's like, I, (laughs) sup guys, (laughs) and it's, it's kind of like, like, you would think that, like, I, for one, definitely thought that university would be a little bit more multi, multinational, multinational, don't get me wrong, like, McGill is very multinational, but also, when you think about it, like, Think about what kind of multi multinational is coming because McGill tuition ain't cheap, you know, mm, and especially if you're an yeah. international student, like <laughs> to get here, like it costs a lot of money, you know, so that yeah. also adds a layer to the kind of students that are there. Yeah. You know, I'm an international student and I can tell you the fees are ridiculous. Shout out to my mom and dad who are paying for my tuition. If you're listening, thank you. I'm yeah I'm not throwing it all away I don't think I am but it's ridiculously expensive yeah Yeah. and so it's also like looking at like the people who occupy occupy the space the the spaces yeah side note have did you read that article um the open letter to the poli sci one no okay read it um let me find it so that (laughs) our our um our Our listeners. listeners can also read it sure 
it was Polly. Ooh. Yes, it was um, an article that was posted in the McGill in the McGill 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 <laughs> in the McGill Daily called an open letter to white boys in poli sci. And I oh, just I have a lot to say to white boys. <laughs> I would just yeah read it. I think it's. I will. I don't. I don't know how I got to that point, but. Read it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Can you send that to me, actually? Yes, I will. Okay, we were talking about academia. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I have this one class. Um, I, I have it tomorrow, actually. And... <laughs> Sorry, like, we just started dabbing. <laughs> Gross. Um, I love what the whole point about a podcast is to, like, hear the voices and, like, to not have people see what we're doing and yeah. yet, like, I'm narrating what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and it's, it's fuck. Yeah, so we just dab. Honesty, right? Um, so, okay. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a class tomorrow, um, a gender studies class. It's a three-hour-long class about um, utopia and society and things like that. And a lot of the time we talk about, you know, the ideal world we want to live in and, like, how we can find utopia, if utopia is even possible. Hmm. Um, and I just found it really interesting how, like, 90% of the people in that class are white. Mm. I am one of the three um, Asians in that class. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just weird to think that we're all kind of just sitting in, sitting in a room talking about an ideal society. Um, and at the same time, the demographics are so skewed towards mm-hmm. one race. Mm-hmm. And on another level, all we do is talk about that. All we do is just sit and talk in that room and we don't really do anything else. Like, I'm not, I'm learning about what an ideal society could be like, but I'm not learning about how to go about doing things that actually lead us there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another example of privilege, how, like, how privileged we are to be able to sit in these rooms and talk about these things yes. and how we don't have to, like, fight, you yes. know? Like, yes, almost like um, first-wave feminism, when you think about mm-hmm. it. Okay. Like, yeah. first-wave feminism did really come from, like, a place of privilege, you know? Like, there was these middle-to-upper-class white women sitting in their ivory towers mm-hmm. writing about, like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, the feminine, mis- the feminine mystique by um, Betty Friedan, right? Yes. Um in, uh, in one of my classes, we, we learned about how that was, like, a big feminist text. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it was written by a woman whose privilege came at the expense of women of color, mm-hmm. right? So how can you really trust that? Obviously, we all have to start somewhere when it comes to... You know, it's really easy to critique feminism, and I think it should be critiqued. But at the same time, you have to keep in mind that, you know, like... We all kind of start somewhere. Of course, we were going to make mistakes, but... Yeah, yeah, but it again shows that, um, yeah, it shows that level of privilege, you know? And it makes me, like, wonder, like, how beneficial is university really? Interesting. Especially when, like, you think about, like, the social sciences. Mm. Like, yes, I am learning, like, yes, I am learning about the systems. I am learning, like, I... I'm a lot more analytical. Like, I cannot watch a TV show anymore without <laughs> critiquing it, without looking at, like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a microaggression. Yeah. Oh, 
cisgenderedness. Oh, oh toxic her- masculinity. Yes, you know, and it's like, okay, that's great. Thank well, you, university. I mean, you can still, you can critique something and still love it. Yes, note, oh, 100%, 100%. 100%. But yeah, but it's okay. like... Yeah, thank you for like giving me the tools to be able to do do that. But now, now what? <laughs> like you know, now now what do I do? Yeah. You know, and so I feel like that is like one of my biggest gra- grapples. Uh, that's something I'm grappling with. Yes, that is something right. I'm grappling with a lot. Also, like I'm a university student who writes papers, yet my English is so bad. I'm <laughs> so sorry, guys. But anyways, um, yeah, that is something I've been grappling a lot with lately. It's like. Mm. is university really really beneficial like is all of this really worth it what am I going to be able to do with this you know interesting yeah yeah interesting it's it's I love how we like we can critique this these things but um and we can question them and interrogate them but at the same time like I don't feel like there's a way out Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like yeah capitalism is fucked yeah all these other things are terrible and awful and sad, but like, what do I, I do can't about help it? but be a part of the system. Yeah, um, I'm still a part of it. I'm I'm a self-aware body in a system that's clearly oppressive. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I don't know. What do you do with that? Like, how far does self-awareness take you? Like, where where does it take you? You know? I don't know. I don't know. Something to figure mm. out. Like also like one. Yeah. Okay. No go. No, I was just going to say, like, back to what we said in the beginning about how, how like, we're not trying to be spokespersons. Like, we really aren't. This is just us, like, questioning things and going, like, what the hell is going on? Because this is a lot. Hey! <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, just a side note. But anyway, continue what we're saying. Okay, yeah, so I, what I, I had really wanted to to talk about next was ableism, mm-hmm. um, which is... Um, Something that I, as um, an able-bodied person, like, have, haven't really, like, thought much about, to be honest, not gonna lie. I haven't thought about it either. Um, yeah. And it was very interesting because I attended a workshop mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago where we talked about um, ableism and we had this phenomenal speaker, can't remember her name right now. Um, she was in a, she's in a wheelchair, she, she is in a wheelchair, um, and she just had a very open conversation about her experiences, you know, and she, she talked about, like, how for her, like, stairs is her biggest enemy, Mm -hmm. you know, like, two stairs, like, frick, like, that is such a challenge for her, and, you, you know, it's, like, creating, like, spaces, aren't created with non-able-bodied people in mind, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it, like, able-bodies are the norm, right? It, yes, mm-hmm. and it just made me think about, like, the whole idea of norms mm-hmm. and, like, normality and, like, how... She talked about how um, chairs are constructed to fit the average person, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. And it's, like, our society is built on <clears throat> these ideas of averages, but we're such a diverse society, and it's just, like, it's just not accommodating, mm. you know? And, like, for me, I don't have to think about how I'm going to get into a building. Like, I can walk and all is well, you know? And, like, that's just not something that I have to think about. And it just made me think, like, 
You know, like privileges are so problematic, yet we desire them so much Mm -hmm. and we value them so much. And they are so inherent to our identities that you don't even question them, you know, Mm -hmm. like you want to have a privilege and by having a privilege, it means somebody else doesn't have that. Yes. And that is something, but at the same time, you want to keep it, you know, which is just like, you know? Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah, like, I really like what you said about um, your privilege being dependent on someone else's lack of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reading, I think this was semester one um, of this year, of this, I think it was Spivak, it was someone. Mm, I love Spivak. Yeah, and it was, I think you were, it was um, GSFS 404, Mm -hmm. Politics of Identity, it was Rachel Zeller's class. I miss you so much, um, but yeah, uh, and it was, <clears throat> you did the reading, and there was a part of it that was like, oh, it was speaking about, like, 90s feminism, I think, or, like, mm-hmm. even, no, not 90s feminism, like, first wave feminism, like, the Betty Friedan era, mm-hmm. and how, like, all these white women who are, like, going, like, oh, like, we want to enter the workforce, and we don't want to be tied to our homes anymore, like, the only reason they were able to do that was because women of color were being hired to, like, mm clean their houses and mm-hmm. do like all the domestic work mm-hmm. which is again a sign of like not a sign it's an explicit demonstration of how like one's privilege is so dependent on like the lack of p- privilege for other people mm-hmm. so like, at the time all women were viewed as like basically having the least amount of privilege in society like look deeper like women of color it's like way below that mm-hmm. um and the same applies to like disabled bodies right so and also just the idea the one thing that like I've been grappling with a lot is like the idea of disabled being problematic within our society Mm. which is so like so frustrating you Mm. know um like because we make we make it seem like we equate disabledness to inconvenience and Mm. inconvenience to disability you know and that's so problematic and unaccepting and frustrating and also it it just it like it hurts my soul you know like and it's like we were talking about ramps you know and like how they don't have to be on the other side of this the hallway they can be right beside the staircase heck Mm -hmm. somebody had mentioned at my workshop that the ramp there she saw a picture of um, a ramp that was like built around st- or no stairs that were built around a- the ramp mm-hmm. and so like both of them were included in each other mm-hmm. and it's just like we don't have to view disabilities as like excess you know but we do mm-hmm. yeah and it's like why <clears throat> where did that come from mm-hmm. you know and even like because it's always like um like ramps and things like that they're always looked at as, like, add-ons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like on the side. Add-ons, right? yeah. And or, usually where people can't see them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or even, like, she had also mentioned, like, how for classes, for example, like, if somebody is hard of hearing, then um, something that they could do is, like, have, like, a typer in the class, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, like, why does that have to be an addition? Why isn't that already included? Mm-hmm. Why aren't, like, why aren't... Um, um, what's it called? It's like transcripts of lectures that are recorded already provided. 
that's why what doesn't and you know it's like at, at McGill you get paid to um like they we have note takers um and like people are paid to take notes and post their notes for like people who need them mm-hmm. and it's like why can't you pay somebody to transcribe the lecture you know mm-hmm. like why is it an additional thing that has to be done or like with movies for example like why aren't all movies already included with subtitles mm. like there are so many ways that our society could be accessible but it's just not and it's like we always think of accessibility as an afterthought yes when we really shouldn't like why 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 does it have to be an <clears throat> afterthought why is why are the averages the norm Exactly, and I hate that the averages are also, like, at the center, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. I forgot who sort of coined the term, like, margin to center. Do you remember who said that? It was, some, it was someone I studied. But I feel like if, like, bodies with disability were put at the center, mm-hmm. instead of the averages being put at the center... Yep. Everything would just be so much better. Yeah. Everything would be so much more accessible, you mm-hmm. know? And like I don't want to say like I have a disability, but I'm very hard of hearing. Mm-hmm. You know this. Mm-hmm. Like all of my friends know how bad my hearing is. And it just sucks when you know like I attend a lecture. These are like my GSFS classes aren't lectures just because of how the program is. Yeah. But, like I'm doing a minor in psychology and like the classes tend to be pretty big. So I'll be sitting in, like, a lecture hall with, like, 200 to 500 other students. And, like, I just hate it when, A, I can't hear a thing the lecturer is saying. Um, and, B, like, when I go online to check the recordings, like, they don't work. Mm-hmm. And just, oh, I don't know. Like, it, it's just, it's so inaccessible because I want to be learning. And there, there's just no way for me to, like, keep up, you know. Yeah. And all, even when the recordings are working, they're so, like, quiet mm-hmm. so yeah like I, I really like what you brought up about like having like a like someone to write a transcript of the lecture like why isn't that already in place you know like, yeah and like yeah another thing too is like so I struggle with depression and anxiety mm-hmm. um and like it's something that like I've been working through mm-hmm. but like it is also something <clears throat> that at times like does interfere with my schoolwork. Um, and something that, like, I am not, I'm not quick to label myself as, like, disabled. Like, Mm. I, I am not quick to, like, label my depression and my anxiety as a disability. Um, but, like, I am registered with the Office for Students with Disabilities, and I do have, like, accommodations. And one of the things that, like, is so frustrating about accommodations is like other people see it as an advantage you know yeah and it's like so like some of my accommodations like for exams I get to I write my exams in like a significantly smaller room than the gym stadium which is like 800 people 900 people it's so bad yeah and so or in like another one is like I get like 15 minutes like I can decide how to split that up as however I want but I get 15 minutes to like just leave the room if I need to to kind of like decompress and like recenter myself um and like I get notes as well for all of my classes and when I talk about these accommodations to people 
they're like, oh, like, yeah, if I was able to write my exam in a smaller room, like, I get an A too. Like, if mm. I got all my notes taken from me, like, I would get an A too. Or, like, when I've heard people say to people who are registered with the offices, oh, my God, you're so lucky. You get, like, yeah. extra time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, it's not an advantage, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they're just leveling the playing field. Yeah. You know, like, I, my first year at university, I could not write my exams my first semester because of how, I don't even know how to describe it, how overwhelming and how anxiety-inducing anxiety-inducing being in the gym stadium was for me. Like, I would go in and, like, my heart would constrict, like, I couldn't focus, like, my my first reaction was, you know, like, I just, I just need to get out. Like, Mm -hmm. I just need to leave. I can't do this, you know? Um, and it's like, no, like, it's not an advantage for me to write my, my exams in a smaller classroom. I physically could not write my exams beforehand. Just as a check-in, like, earlier we were taught, like, I agree with all the stuff you said. I hear you. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge that we were talking about privilege earlier and how, like, it is easy to complain. Mm -hmm. So, like, technically right now we are complaining. Yes, yes. I think it's, um, it's important to be aware that while we are privileged, we still have the right to critique things and be unsatisfied with a few things. Yeah. And this is obviously something that is worth sort of critiquing and complaining about because this has to do with, like, basically how this institution is so just awful at accommodating all bodies and you know there's definitely something that has to be said about that so yeah thank you for sharing that thank you yeah Yeah, no it's a thing definitely a thing so what else do we want to talk about let's see Mm. (laughs) we're looking at our list right now cisgenderedness Ooh, this is one this is a big one yes i just i don't know what to say about this because i am i'm i'm not a I live in a cisgendered body. Same. So, like, is it my place to I, talk about, you know? I think it's our place to recognize that. Okay, for those of you who don't know what cisgendered mm-hmm. means, because it, it it can be an unfamiliar term, um, it's pretty much someone who identifies the way that they, they present or, or their body is presented. Um, does that make sense? Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, like, let's pull up a, let's pull up a definition, because I know what it means, it's just, like, hard to, like, It's pretty much, like, so, for me, being a cisgendered woman, like, I look like a woman, and I identify as a woman, therefore I am cisgendered. When, like, your gender identity aligns with... um, How you are perceived by the world? I guess. Yes. I guess. Perhaps. Look at us GSFs. <laughs> We're killing it. Killing okay. the game. Okay, so I've pulled out a Guardian article called... Guardian? Really? The Guardian's good. No. It's a, it's a well, it's a world-renowned... The Guardian is so problematic. Is it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> We're going to have to edit some of these bits out. I fucking swear. Um... Why don't you just type in cisgender definition? (laughs) This isn't an essay. We just need the... Denoting or relating to a person whose sense of personal identity and gender corresponds with 
their birth sex. Yes. So if your if your um, gender presentation aligns with your genitalia, essentially. Yeah. 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 We're gonna have to edit some of these parts out. No like, honesty. Remember. We apologize for the mess of a podcast this week. Oh my god, no! We hope you guys I are- don't want people to call me out for my fucking naivety. Going to, going to the fucking Guardian to look up cisgender. Who are you, Joanne? Stop this. We're gonna have to edit some of this shit out. We're not Sarah. editing anything out. Do you wanna humiliate me? Fuck. You know... I'm a GSFS major. I should be able to... I'm a GSFS minor. I'm like, a fucking major. I should be able to give a definition of cisgenderness off the bat, but instead I'm like, oh no, let's look at the Guardian and see what they have to say about it. But I feel like that's also just like school in general. Like I feel like that we study such complex things that we, we forget about the basics sometimes, you know? Do you ever feel like... I saw this meme once, <laughs> and um, it was basically like education is basically um, you having approximate knowledge of everything because that's how I feel right now like I love my field I love what I study but at the same time I don't feel I honestly feel feel really insecure sometimes in my classes just because everyone seems to know way more than me yeah and I just feel like I have approximate knowledge of all these things yeah weird I don't know obviously you can't know everything about everything ever yeah I feel like it was easier in high school because like I feel like the playing field was a little bit more level. Like That's true. Everybody was always in the same grade. Everybody was always learning the same thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, university is very individual to the person. And, mm-hmm. like, even though you're in the same class, like, <clears throat> your history is very different from that other person's. And, like, age, too. And yeah. experience. Yeah. But, um... That was a tangent. Yes. <laughs> but what started the whole tangent was cisgender. And, like... We, you know, we do have a privilege. Yeah, because I've never had to, like... Excuse me. Sorry. You're good. Thank you. Because, <laughs> like, I've never had to struggle with my gender identity. I kind of just, like, took it for what it was, and mm-hmm. I identified with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Not saying it's a choice. I'm just saying, like, I've never had to struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. And, like, you know, like, my... I feel like trans bodies face so much more are at risk for so much more violence. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I not even feel like it is a fact. It's it a is fact. a fact that trans bodies are at so much more such a higher risk for violence and you know like mm-hmm. I'm not like mm-hmm. I don't have to face it and that is a privilege, you know, to like mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we talk about how as raised bodies there's just so much we have to think about that white people don't have to think about. But again, acknowledging the fact that privilege is in flux, like, mm-hmm. there are so many things that we don't have to think about. Yeah. Um, for example, I mean, um, obviously things like food, shelter, like, we don't have to think about those things, you know? We have those basic um, necessities, but things like going to, going to the bathroom, right? Oh, yes. Gender bathrooms. It's 100%. And, like, people are... I always hear the question, like oh, like, how do you feel about gendered bathrooms? I think they're problematic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. A, I do not believe in the idea that gender is a binary. I don't think it can be reduced to simply male or female. I think it's so much it's more for that. Binary. People are going to disagree mm-hmm. with me again. Mm-hmm. Come at me. Come let's at go. Us, um, I'm so against... Okay, yeah. Side note, I think we should pin this for later. We yes. should do an episode on binaristic thinking. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because gender, fuck the binary. That doesn't exist. Yes. Fuck that. But anyways, like... I think, like, I don't, we don't have to go through that struggle of which bathroom 
is safe for me to enter what space is safe for me to enter in this moment you know like I can walk into the women's bathroom like no problem I have gone into the male's bathroom sometimes because like yo like there's no line. There's no yeah, line. Fucking lines. Seriously. And I was I was curious as a kid. I wanted to know what was what it was like in there. But like mm-hmm. that was like my own decision, like to just be like, huh. But uh, even yeah, then, that was like, like a choice. It was like a you know. And e- but even then, I didn't feel like I was in danger of entering that space. You know. Yeah. And that is such a privilege that I feel like so many people take for granted. You know. Yeah. Exactly. And um. I'm taking a class called Queer Theory. Mm-hmm. I have it tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. Lovely. Lovely. Um, but no, we were talking about trans bodies and um, the concept of passing and mm-hmm. regulation. Mm. And in terms of in terms of bathrooms as well. And so, like, we were looking at, like... Wh- I'm looking at my notes right now. And one of the questions written here is, what reinforces passing? Being told you're in the wrong bathroom, you're not passing, and you need to improve your performativity in order to pre- be perceived as your gender. So that's obviously something we don't have to deal yeah. with. We don't walk into into a women's bathroom and go like, "Fuck, am I like woman enough for this space?" Mm-hmm. Like, and so much of what we experience in terms of navigating through the world as cisgendered people is taken for granted. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't realize that you know, the fact that we are comfortable in our identities is in itself a privilege. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So even or not even that like yeah, like having the ability to be comfortable yeah. in our identities exactly. because like I know trans people who are comfortable like yeah. trans people are like I'm not speaking for I don't want to speak for we're them. not speaking for people I'm so sorry <laughs> don't want to speak for anybody but like it's like we are afforded the privilege to be able to be comfortable in our identities without mm. any repercussions exactly yes there we go. thank you you're welcome yes. so yeah to be honest I think. In terms of speaking for speaking about cisgenderness, that's all we should say yeah. about it. Yeah. Because, again, like we're not trying to be spokespersons, mm-hmm. and we're not trying to speak for people, mm-hmm. or speak about, uh, speak about experience that we have not lived. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's this was a good idea, you know, to like recognize that cisgenderness is such a privileged, privileged is such a privilege, not only to recognize, not only to like realize it, but to recognize it and to mm-hmm. be open about it because. I think a lot of the conversations we have um, regularly come sort of naturally to us. I don't know. Like, they're easy. Like, talking about these things is easy for me. Yeah. Like, especially with you. And yeah. I think that's because it's what I study. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people I surround myself with um, talk about these things. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the feedback I got from our first episode was oh that our first episode was oh you know like these things are so difficult to talk about mm-hmm. you know like and you're being honest about them and i didn't realize that these things are like i guess for people that don't talk about this regularly i didn't think topics like this were difficult to speak about but you know it's good that we're talking about them because these things need to be said do you feel the same way oh I 100% agree I definitely think like I also think that part of it is like it's easy for us to talk about because we don't we aren't afforded like we don't aren't we don't have like what am I trying to say it's easy for us to talk about because, like, not only do we study this, but these are our lived experiences a lot of the time as uh, well. Ju- ju- you know, it's like we, <clears throat> we, I guess we 
aren't able to just ignore it to, mm-hmm. or to not be aware about it, you know? Like, um, I feel like, like, I definitely had a lot of people come up to us and say, you know, like, I didn't realize people felt that way. Yeah, that's a big thing. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like th- part of the reason why it is easier for us to talk about it is because, like, we, well, yeah, we felt this way. And, like, this is our, these are our, our lived experiences, you know? And, like, we aren't afforded the same abilities to just ignore them. Mm-hmm. You know? And building on top of that and sort of going back into this topic of privilege... I think it's a privilege that we get to talk about these things, mm. you know, because mm-hmm. um, it's a privilege that we can talk about these things instead of actively having to just, like, grin and bear it and fight our way through the world. Mm-hmm. Like, does that make sense? Um, I feel like I'm not getting I think across, but, like, it's a, privilege that, it's a privilege that we can talk about these things um, in and just space? talk about it you know like we don't have to like we don't have to go through the hardships that our parents face mm. in a sense that we have enough privilege to I feel I found a quote one time and it was really good um, I think it's just like the social awareness of our society you know like yeah I think I think I get what you're saying like, like we or, I think it was more like um, how pr- the quote was something like how privileged are we to like talk about the things that our predecessors had to fight for? Yes, yes. In a sense that like because of all the work that they did and because of all the hardships they faced mm-hmm. and the work they did, now we can sit here, um, sort of like enjoy the fruits of their labor mm. and talk. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm took a while for me to get there. You got um, there. I yes. Guess. No, no, no. I was oh just trying God. to unlock my computer. Okay. okay cool. Bye. Bye. <laughs>